When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So the uh, preseason continues to trundle along. We've just over a week to go before game week one, but we're back on the pushrock a week early to get in gear and get ready for the season ahead. So here we are again, Nick. And how are you? Well, Tom, I've been honing my FIFA skills recently and marvelling at what a star Moussa Dembele is. <laughs> but enough about that. You're here to listen to us talk about FPL. In today's pods, we'll be looking at what's changed with our sides since the pod we did on launch day, casting our eye on a few bandwagons that have emerged and our thoughts on them, and then we'll also be introducing our new features for this year. Yep, and uh, since we were last on air, we've been posting articles galore up on our website, which is whogotthisist.com, also uh, been very active on our Twitter, which is at WGTA underscore FPL now, we changed the handle from the old one we used to use, we've also been very active on Reddit and Facebook, thank you very much for speaking to us on any of those channels, liking us, retweeting us. And the big thing I want to say, I think we both want to say, is welcome to all new listeners. Thanks for giving us a go, and hopefully you'll be with us for the rest of the year. Yes, welcome. And if you haven't joined our league, our league code is 1538-17403. So, shall we get stuck in then? Yeah, let's do it. Have you changed your goalkeepers, Nick? Well, I haven't yet. I'm still on Foster and Elliot at the moment, Mm. but I have been thinking about uh, Ben Foster a little bit. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. there's so like much community of, um, chat about him, isn't there? Like at the y- moment, like, yeah, everyone's saying, "Oh God, like West Brom doing so bad preseason." Like exactly. I mean, there's a lot of talk as well about the whole um, 4.5 slash 4.0 goalkeeper setup that we've been chatting on about, and a lot of people have been saying actually um, 5.5. Is maybe a better shout on getting someone like De Gea in. But yeah, I mean, we said that, that like the other week, didn't we? Though, like the point of De Gea is obviously that he guarantees you 130-ish points every season. Yes, but you're paying one million more, and I don't know. Like, what, what you're, you're getting, the, you're getting the save points as well. And I think you know Tom Heaton. He was the top-scoring goalkeeper last season. Um, and he was obviously only 4.5 when he started last season and he got so many save points because he was a goalkeeper from a lower ranked team yeah yeah I think so I mean do you think that Foster's going to be the man to do that job for us this season what do you think well I'm not sure I've still got it on Ben Foster but I was actually I'm still sticking with the 4.5 slash 4.0 model Hmm. but I've actually been looking at um, Azamir Begovic as a possible option as well right well I mean like I've looked at his stats and I still remember Remember the 2012-13 season where he got 144 points from 12 clean sheets, and that was actually only five less than what Heaton has scored this season. He's um he's got a 6.8% ownership 
compared to Ben Foster, who's currently sitting on 17.1. So, so, you know, if if Ben Foster performs badly, you're going to start seeing him dropping. Yeah, I mean, the problem is with that is that if you don't own Foster with a 17% ownership, which is probably going to be the majority of people who don't have uh, David De Gea, a West Brom clean sheet is going to be huge. So I've, uh, I've gone for Foster. Yeah, so thanks for the question, Padfall. And I wanted to talk about West Brom a little bit more because I think... Last time round, we both had double West Brom. We both had Dawson and we both had Foster. But um, I've actually scratched um, Dawson out of my team now. And mm. I think I think you have too, haven't you, Tom? I have, I have. Because, um, well, I was talking about um, Azmir Begovic as well and how I might get him in. But I've actually got Nathan Ake as my replacement. So it's a question right now is, do I go for Ake and Foster or Begovic and Dawson? And I've been weighing it up a little bit. I know Dawson's had actually quite a decent preseason. Yeah, but he's been flagged. He's been flagged as injured, apparently. Yeah, Potentially I d- injured, yeah. Did not see that. But uh, changing subjects, are you still 3-5-2, Tom? No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I, I think 3-5-2 is dead, um, unfortunately, for now. I do love 3-5-2, and, you know, it, it's availability heuristic. Like, I remember lots of, like, emotionally salient, so emotionally kind of readily available moments. And I'm, like, I remember 3-5-2 doing so well for me at the end of last season, and wanted to carry that on but the thing is is that there's no 4.5 starters there's no Anitra B there's no uh, Diamande kind of character going going on I don't even think there's a 5.0 starter Um, we had a look the only person possibly was Jordan Ayew yeah maybe Jordan Ayew but the thing is is that like it's better to kind of save that 0.5 have the the 4.0 defender just sitting there gathering dust rather than the 4.5 third striker sitting there gathering dust because at the end of the day you know that 0.5 can be be redistributed elsewhere in my team and do a lot better and work for me a lot more than having that dead striker so what about you Nick are you still in your 4-4-2 I've actually followed a similar line of thinking to you so I have changed formation but I am still sticking with four at the back so instead of 4-4-2 I'm now 433. 433. Okay. So I've got rid of Calvert Lewin from my team. He was at 5.0. Just no, not Calvert Lewin. No, no, it's devastating to go for a more, um, you know, strike force that's actually going to play week in, week out. And then I've got two 4.5 midfielders on my bench. But firstly, shall we talk about the defence, Tom? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. Um, I mean, so you had Cedric Milner. Uh, we've both said that we got rid of Dawson and Alonso and the 4.0 last week. What kind of change? What, what's happened there? Well, there, there's been a sacrifice. Actually, <laughs> a sacrifice. There's, there's been a sacrifice, and um, it's a bit embarrassing to admit after all my talk on the last couple of pods. But uh, Mr. Milner has, boring, has left my team. Boring, he's, he's, he's gone. Um, he's gone. He got injured, so I was kind of like, when I got rid of him, I was like, oh, okay, he's, he was clearly hurt after that match. Where he was like clutching his thighs. I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's flagged now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he's, yeah. at, he's playing tonight, so I hope he doesn't score too many penalties because yeah, otherwise yeah, I might yeah. have you're to do another rethink. revisit your team. Because, <laughs> so um, I'll get into reasons why I had to sacrifice Milner later, but his replacement is Kieran Trippier. Yep. No, I, I'm also on Trippier. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, we match again. Yeah, yeah so uh, Trippier, he's 5.5, so I saved 1 million by downgrading Milner to Trippier. He signed a five-year um, contract with Spurs. 
Kyle Walker's gone, so he's yep. definitely number one right back at the moment because they haven't even got a replacement. So he's yep. definitely playing. Yeah, and he looks like you know last year Kyle Walker was the five point five into the Spurs back line, and yes. I was annoyed that I didn't do it. And this year, you know, maybe it's you know the same again that I'm remembering that and and transplanting onto this year. But you know, I can't see past having Trippier in my team at this point. No, that's fair enough. I mean, he barely played last season, but he still managed to rack up five assists, which is quite impressive for a defender. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like an eight point per ninety. So you know, if you looked looked at his minutes on the pitch and then translated that into how many ninety minute games he got, and divided that by his points total, it was about eight eight points per ninety, which is actually really really good. Very impressive. Like really impressive. And you're signing him, of course, for that kind of attacking. Intent as well. Exactly. I mean, we, something we talked about a lot is defenders always need to have um, attacking potential. So um, Cedric's still in my team, and uh, Marcus Alonso also is still in my team. Yeah, I mean, but, we'll come on to Alonso the bandwagons later, won't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so the only changes in my defence are Dawson to Ake, yeah. and I mentioned that earlier on the pod, and uh, Milner to Trippier. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I, I like Cedric. I was looking at Cedric just to pick up on him, and I was looking at him versus Bertrand and maybe versus Yoshida because Cedric was taking a while to come back from preseason. And there's I, a lot of worries about that. Yeah, I still have concerns, actually. I mean, there was an interview with Cedric that um, the Southampton Football Club tweeted, which um, relaxed a couple of my concerns because he obviously is very committed to the club. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, last year, I mean, he got no goals, three assists, and Bertrand, who's the man that I had and still have, got two goals and five assists, and similar sort of game time, uh, two thousand five hundred minutes each on the pitchish, both with twenty eight games per ninety. Um, Cedric got one hundred and two points, Bertrand got one hundred twenty three. The points per ninety is 3.6 for Cedric and 4.4 for Bertrand, and I'm thinking, you know what? I mean, we'll come on to the midfield in a minute. Um, I had Tadic last week. I did ring the bargain klaxon, but now I've stepped back from it after a lot of community chat. <laughs> um, but Bertrand covers that offence and defence Southampton. I think that Bertrand is my man, and I mm-hmm. prefer to pay 0.5 for him. Well, yeah, you have to find that extra 0.5. That's the problem. But I quite like Cedric still. I've seen some stats. You know, his chances created is actually very similar to uh, Bertrand's. There's not yeah. much difference. It's just that um, Gabby Odini ended up um, on a, quite a few of uh, Cedric's chances, and he just he just blew him up. So you know, it's not his fault if the striker can't score. Yeah. But you know, hopefully this season he might get a few extra assists. Yeah. But if if he's not fit, I I might just do a straight shot for um, um, Yoshida. Yoshida, yeah, yeah. Yoshida because was I mean, Yoshida was he's back. As well. He's uh, scored in preseason actually, so you know um, he's doing quite well. Yeah, decent threat. I mean, so you've got. You've said your defence. I mean, I've gone for a free premium defender set up in a nod to how things currently are. Um, I've got Bertrand Trippier. And the third one at the moment is Kolasinac from Arsenal. Interesting. I said in the last pod that I'm, you know, I'm worried about having an Arsenal player. I still am. But the thing is, is that the Friday night kickoff next week, I kind of want a player. I'm not too interested in Aaron Ramsey at the moment. We'll come on to him in a minute. And, you know, Kolasinac looked very good in pre-season. So in the 5-2 victory over Benfica in the Emirates Cup, the guy got an assist. And he also looked really, really dangerous. I mean, yeah, they conceded two, minus one point, blah, blah, blah. But he looked really good. Three goals and five assists last season and not too many games, actually, um, for Schalke. 
And, you know, I just want a bit of it on the opening day. Like, I'm going to be really... I, I, I don't want to be sitting there having what uh, always cheaters call a pure watch. I want to have someone in that game. This is the first game of the new season, man. I, I want that. Yeah. Do you know I mean, what I mean? You, you make a valid point. I haven't got anyone in that game, but it's it's fine. I can wait till the Saturday. I just won't. I just won't watch the match. Probably. I just, I just turn off Twitter. I just won't see people boasting about their players. If Ramsey scores, I'm going to be livid. Oh, but... yeah, me too, me too. Oh, we'll come on I won't, to I won't look at FFS because they're going to be like, Ramsey, go, Ramsey, go, yeah, exactly. Ramsey! Oh. And then all the, you know... The, yeah, the, had you know, the, from the start. You know, the emoji with the sunglasses yeah. on, it'll come out and it'll be like, Ramsey with a little emoji. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I always saw that coming, always saw it yeah, coming. When you look at their team history and they brought in, him in. Like, I'm just not interested two minutes in, in before seeing the deadline. that. Um, so, uh, so, okay, so I've got... Uh, last time I said Hefele and Dunk, right? So Hefele's gone. Uh, I've, got, I've put Kalasnach and kind of reinvigorated things. Dunk has actually gone for a guy called Sutner, who's just come in. Better than Dunk, actually. Um, he got five goals and... Uh, sorry, four goals and five assists last season for relegated Ingolstadt, which is the same team that Pascal Gross used to play for. 1.4 shots per game, 1.5 crosses per game, which is the same, a similar sort of rate to uh, Benjamin Mendy, who just went to Man City. Um now, my defence is Bertie, Trippier, Kolasinac, Sutner, and 4.0. I'll reiterate again, the 4.0 will be whoever on the Friday, about kind of 6 o'clock, is the lowest owned. I'll bring him in uh, because I'm assuming that everybody else who's on that 4.0 also assumes that they're not going to be playing. So just get on that. Yeah, that's a sensible strategy, and I'm probably going to go for something similar. I mean, like... Angle Wrangle, the uh, 4.0 star of late. Was Angel Rangel? Well, I don't know. An- I don't know. Well, I, I'm Angle just Rangel. Angle Wrangle or Angel, <laughs> Rang- Angel Rangel. He has a um, ownership right now of 20.8%. Oh, so all these people are just, just lemons, like, he's, he's not probably not going to play because it's obviously Carl Norton. People just start selling him probably and then you're, all of a sudden he could be 38 for like game week eight and then you're not going to be able to get rid of him for the entire season so your midfield last time nick let's uh let's move let's move on to that um so you had zahar sana coutinho knockett who we know is injured now and ruben loftus cheek um so have you still got knockett he's been injured no so unfortunately obviously he's injured so he's had to go I've moved to 4-3-3, as you know, and I've talked about Milner leaving my team, very sadly. No guy is so underrated, so negated, <laughs> but, you know, he's had to go to, to fund my midfield, because I just wasn't happy with Leroy Sane. I think, especially with all the money that Manchester City have spent this summer... That Manchester Manchester City ownership is essential, and I think the main man that you have to own for Manchester City is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, that's exactly what I said on the last pod. I'm glad so, you joined. Um, the I have I've joined I've joined the KDB wagon, and KDB has come in. Kevin De Bandwagon. Kevin De Bandwagon. So um, yeah, I mean he got 21 assists last season, which is a new record for Manchester City. He also hit the woodwork nine times, which was three more than any other player. Yeah, one of them's got to go in. Exactly, point, right? exactly. And, you know, like, no one really talked about him last season because he was very expensive. But he was very under the radar, but he actually performed so well. He got yeah. a great score, and I think he's going to press on next season and do even better. Yeah, I mean, the end of season stuff was so good. 
know, five assists or something in the last in the last three or four games. It's absolutely ridiculous stuff. And you've got to hope that he picks it up. And it looks like he has picked it up. I mean, um, they won 3-0 versus Spurs recently in preseason, and he got an assist, but he looked like he was so dangerous in terms of pulling the strings. And playing in a more advanced position, people have been levelling against KDB. This guy was playing a deep-lying uh, playmaker for Man City. But it looks like that he's been released a little bit to some extent, and he looks like the guy for 10 million to get that City kind of covering. But well, I mean, I don't think either of us have a Manchester City striker at the moment. No, so, I, I, I think KDB is, is our Manchester City cover. But he did, he did, he has got three assists so far um, in pre season. Really? That's yeah. really good. So he's performing well, he's in form. Okay, what about, what about Zaha then, Nick? I mean, do you have, still have him? Yes, I've still got um, Zaha. I think he's also had quite a good pre-season. He's got a goal and assist so far. Um, we talked about him a little bit in, in your article on the 7.0 midfield we marauders. Did. We did. And, uh, yeah, he, like I said, I've said to you previously that he played, like, majority of Crystal Palace's games last season, all for, like, 90 minutes each time. He's um, crucial to the team. He's, he's one of their leading men alongside Christian Benteke. They've got a great opening fixture against Huddersfield, and I want some cover for that fixture. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So that 1.0 from Milner that you've saved yes. from Grant Trippier, that's gone to KDB, and you've, got, you've still got Coutinho, right? I have still got Coutinho. He's also having quite a good preseason. He's got a goal and two assists. But is he still going to be there? Well, I mean, that is the question. I mean... Obviously, you've all heard the news about Neymar. Yeah, I mean, Neymar, we'll talk about him in a minute, but that's two, well, a, a bit longer than that. But £200 million is now sitting in Barcelona's bank it's account. It's just absolutely shocking, man. Eh? I know. No words. Obscene no words. is the word I would use. But So you've still got Coutinho and you're hoping he starts. I am. And, you know, like, there's so much chatter about Mohamed Salah at the moment. And I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan of Mo Salah. I mean, I mean, I, lo- I liked him in the uh, Prospects and the Prospects article done him. Uh, 15 goals, 11 assists last season. I had Mane on the first week and I've gone down to Salah. You saved 0.5. He scored in the uh, 3 0 victory over Bayern Munich last night and he's scored one or two more at least um, in Liverpool's pre season. Looks to have got an understanding with Coutinho. Again, if Coutinho goes. I might not have a Liverpool player. The only problem is with uh, with Salah and Liverpool in particular is the qualifiers for the Champions League, which are within uh, between game weeks one and two and game weeks two and three. That's, Some, it's a very valid point, and that's also another reason why I've possibly got rid of James Milner for good because um, I'm not sure if he's going to be rotated with their new signing as well, Andrew Robertson, who's yeah. joined from Hull for £10 million. Yeah, yeah. I've been arguing on Twitter and on FFS <laughs> that um, Milner is still number one. Robertson, they only bought him for £10 million. You look at the price paid for Benjamin Mendy. £10 million looks like a sort of substitute... Um, Fullback, but yeah, I, I saw today that Man City had spent more on Mendy and Walker than Brighton did on their new stadium, which is absolutely ridiculous. I saw this quite funny image actually, Tom, that Manchester City have spent more on their defence than Bos- Bosnia and Herzegovina. On their military, military, military. military defence. So Manchester City <laughs> have spent £220 million on their defence and Bosnia have spent £200 million, pounds, which is fantastic. But anyway, um, so is, is William still in your team, Tom? No, no, he's not. I mean, we looked... Oh, that's... <laughs> <surprise>. <laughs> we looked at... Um, 
the 7.0s the other day and when I was doing it I felt myself being convinced and convinced and convinced by a uh, by, uh, former Arsenal legend I say that at this point without joking uh, Cesc Fabregas the points per 90 of this guy are ridiculous like 8.06 points per 90 mm-hmm. like the ability of this guy like the second highest assister in Premier League history to get off the bench and give me something so even if he doesn't start will give me something um, it's just it's just you, you can't argue that's, with it it's fair enough and uh, Willian as well yeah. sorry like Willian 3.35 points per game Cesc with 4.17 I just think that you know he's going to do something I mean, they, they both they both appeared at the same sort of time last season came off the bench a lot um, Fabregas came off the bench 16, 16 times William came off it 19 times Fabregas was more able to do something when he was taken off the bench and he's more able to do something if he starts he looks like he's been uh, able to convince Conte, um, especially with Bakayoko out. I mean, it depends if Bakayoko starts on Saturday. Obviously, the charity shield, the community shield, sorry, if you're a bit younger, is going to be something which completely could change everything. Like, you know, if Sanchez scores or something, then suddenly everyone's got Sanchez. Well. But, um, you know, Fabregas, I think, for the points per game and points per 90... Um, the potential for him to do something if he is starting is going to be really, really good. And I just kind of feel I'm a bit convinced by him. Um, Willian could well figure in my team still. I'm not uh, tying myself to the San- to the Fabregas mast. But, you know, it's one of those things where at the moment I've gone for Fabregas over Willian. And I feel a bit kind of, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, when you change your team and you put a new player in, you kind of think, Ah, like that looks great. I feel like I'm on board with that. Oh, yeah, you have to see, I think. Um, you, do <laughs> you, make a, you do make a point. And I think you'll have more of an idea after the uh, Community Shield. Yeah, yeah. To I be mean, honest. I mean, I think that, that would definitely change things. So you've got Zahar, KDB, Coutinho. Yep. Who's in for knockout? Well, like I said, I've gone for 4 3 3. So I've actually now got two 4.5 midfielders on my bench. So I've saved 0.5 by changing my formation by getting in a 6.0 striker instead of knockout. But we'll get on to that in a minute. I've got rid of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, you can you can do it. It's, it's dangerous, right? He's because a, of the high yeah, ownership. Exactly. Like, if His that ownership's... guy doesn't start, there are so many people, like less engaged managers out there who are, who've got him and the expectation he's going to play. Doesn't play, you'll see these guys. I mean, game week one, after game one, the market kicks off, is peak manager time. People will be taking minus fours, minus eights, and RLC will be one of those yeah, guys. People, who's threatened be, by people will definitely be going wild. If RLC doesn't play, then people are going to start selling him. Or even if he doesn't even score in the first four game weeks, people start selling him. His, his ownership's higher than 15%. The man I've got at the moment is Tom Carroll. Now, his ownership is much lower than Ruben Loftus-Cheeks really? at the moment. Yeah, much, much lower. How much lower? Only 4.3%. Oh, what? And, uh, yeah. So, um, he's also... I mean, Gilfie Sigerson looks like he might be leaving the club. Mm. So, um, if he leaves, Tom Carroll's possibly on set pieces. Yeah. And he's going to play a more prominent role. Well, I've got Tom Carroll as well. I'm part of that 4%. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you've joined the club. I have. Another yeah. TC. I'm a TC. Yeah. He's a TC. Uh, We've got to back each other. I've got another 4.5 midfielder. At the moment, it's Nathan Chalabar. One of our teammates, <laughs> one of our uh, members, um, Ed, is going to do another article for us, possibly on the 4.5 midfielders, so we'll 
have another think once that's been published. Okay. But anyway, um, let's, let's go back to your team, Zom. So I think last time round you had uh, Matt Ritchie, didn't, didn't you? And uh, Dusan Tadic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Are they still about? And... No, no, they're not. Oh, so I, I, I've mentioned that Tadic has gone. Um, so I've got KDB, I've got Salah uh, instead of uh, Mane, who I had before. I've got Fabregas instead of Willian. Just, but that, that, that is not decided. Um, I've got Tom Carroll and I've got Ryan Fraser as a 5.5. Oh, okay, yeah. So I, I've, I've shipped a fair bit of stick about this from a few people. But Ryan Fraser last year, Nick, 100 points and 19 games worth of pitch time. Incredibly, this guy won the most penalties of any player in the Premier League last season. Like, his flair and his kind of ability on the ball does seem to say to me that he's going to be at 5.5 you know he's a fire and forget the kind of guy you can just bring in leave him there for that money I might as well stick him in um, you know, um, you talked about James Ward, James Ward Prowse. I have bit. done, yeah. I mean, I did an article on the five point five midfield maestros, and on the infograph, um, Ryan Fraser was number one for points per game with three point six, higher than Ward Prowse um, at three point one. But you know, personally, I don't have him in my team actually. But oh, personally, I'm, I'm, yeah, no. But I'm a I'm a quite big fan of Ward Prowse. Southampton have some great. Pick, uh, great fixtures at the beginning of the season as well. Yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. Um, if he can nail down the starting position, then he's possibly going to join the hundred I mean, club. The reason I've not gone with Ward Prowse is because um, I suppose a few Saints fans, and it seems that you know in the middle you've got Romeu, who's your man from game week one last year, isn't he? Yeah, and um, yeah, Romeu kind of who seems to be nailed, and on the other side you've got Classy Hodgebeg. And you've also got um, the club captain, Stephen Davis. Yeah. Plus Ward Prowse, who doesn't seem to be being filled as a right midfielder. Yeah, I think there are a lot of options in the Southampton midfield. Exactly, you've yeah. got uh, Sufjan Buffal and Nathan exactly. Redmond, Dusan exactly. Tadic. These, guy, these, guy, these guys are all sitting the on the wings. Like Ward Prowse is not going to be on the wing. He's going to be in the middle, apparently, according to Southampton fans on Twitter, um, in terms of Pellegrino's team. So I think the best way of going forward is to avoid Ward Prowse until game week, you know, three, four, five, or six okay. on my wild card. I'm going to go with Ryan Fraser just for now. Um, last year, one of my ML rivals had him in and did lo- got loads of points with him. Like, I kind of want it. I kind of want a bit of that. Yeah. So what's your midfielder, Nick, in the end now? So my starting three midfielders are Zaha. KDB and Coutinho and then on the bench I've got Tom Carroll and Nathan Chalabar alright so I've got KDB Salah Fabregas slash Willian haven't decided yet uh, Ryan Fraser and on the bench as well my man Tom Carroll up front so you've said Calvert-Lewin is gone yep. Kane and Kaku still there Yep, yep, I'm sticking with these guys. Same for me. I'm not going to change me. it up. It's guaranteed that I have these guys at the start of the season. Lukaku's been having a, a great pre-season. Um, he scored a few goals. Kane, not so much. Tottenham in general have had a pretty poor pre-season. They haven't made any transfers. Starting to make me think about Harry Kane and changing my captaincy. I can't decide on this point at the moment. I I'm, said less, were, I'm, I'm less confident now, actually. I said you were anyway. mad last week for going on Kane. You were just like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. But I think you're still mad. Because you know, with Kaku, the ownership is huge. 
West Ham, as I said, keep banging on about. Nine goals he scored in his Premier League career so far against them. Loves playing them. Would introduce himself to the Old Trafford faithful. Woo, goal. You can imagine on Leffa Fairson on Twitter. Kaku goal, Kaku goal, Kaku sunglasses. With, with yeah, the captain, yeah. Had him in. Because everyone will have him as their captain as well. And I'm just going to be like, oh, I've got Kane. But maybe it's a good idea to go for a differential, Tom. Rather than just sticking with the herd. Maybe. I mean, the herd mentality is something that we're going to be looking at this season. But, in this case, I'm behind it. I'm on it. Riding it. Well, yeah. I I think it's insane not to um, own Lukaku, to be honest. But anyway, should we we move on and talk about our third striker? Yeah, so... We paid um, some lip service to owning a a 6.0 striker. (laughs) And I think we've we've both got him. Our teams are looking quite similar. Yeah, I had had an Israeli superstar, Mazel Tov, Toma Hemed. And you had uh, Calvert Lewin, yes, um, last he, time he round. Doesn't look like he's going to feature. So to you, be honest. So you've lost um, money from downgrading Milner to Trippier and a few little bits and pieces elsewhere. I mean, yeah. I, I've lost uh, a little bit of money by removing Mane to Salah, um, Salah. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know how do you say it, Salah, Salah. Salah. I, I like Salah. I'm Salah, stick Salah with dressing. Salah, Dida. I'm going to stick with it. Um, but, uh, I've gone for J-Rod as my enabling third striker. Yes, and um, J-Rod is my selection as well. 6.0. Exactly. Um, I mean, West Brom have actually had quite a terrible pre-season and we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Ben Foster. You know, they've had a one-all draw against Port Vale. That was their last game. They also had a 2-1 defeat against Bristol Rovers. Woo! Sorry, Bristol Rovers He's um he's performed quite well and he's looking like one of their bright sparks. He scored in their one 0 win against Burton. He also scored against Leicester um, when they were bored in Hong Kong. Oh yeah, yeah, back in my hometown, sort of ish, half hometown. But yeah, I, I mean the thing is the thing is with J Rod, it depends where he's played. Um, it really does. Um, he he was on the wing for Southampton. He did a few bits and pieces, and you know, he, he had a few in different seasons. But I mean back in 2013-14. The guy got 15 goals and three assists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, I think, back in those days, he was playing support striker. And maybe Pulis has said, you know what, Sado Berahino used to back up Rondon, who obviously misses every five seconds. He hits the bar every game quite well. So let's have him in. And, you know, with the fixtures for West Brom, starting against Bournemouth at home, away at Burnley, J-Rod's old club, home to Stoke, away to Brighton, home to West Ham. Those are five really good fixtures. Exactly. You might as well, if you're going to have an enabler in your third striker slot, you might as well have a guy who's gonna who has decent fixtures. We might as well have. I mean, last year I had terrible time with the third strikers. I still think you know what pricing seems to suggest that having that first striker is a good idea to balance your team. There's a few other options lurking around. Dwight Gale's an interesting case at yeah, six point five. Yeah, lots of braces. Uh, Dwight Gale. I'm I, with the Spurs game first, but decent fixtures after that. I can kind of see what people yeah. are doing it. So those are our teams. Should we, should we do a summary? Yeah, summary so what, what team have you got now then, Nick? Let's uh, let's finish that off with that. So my team now is Foster and Elliot in goal. Cedric, Ake, Trippier and Alonso in defence with a 4.0 on the bench. Zaha, KDB and Coutinho in midfield with Tom Carroll and Nathan Chalabar um, on the bench. Chalabar. And up front we've got Kane, Kaku and J-Rod. 
Okay, I've got uh, Foster Elliot as well. I've got Kolasinac, Trippier and Bertrand as my back three with Sutner and Goldson, the 4.0 who's lowest owned on the bench uh, at the moment. Uh, De Bruyne, Fabregas, Salah, la 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 la, uh, Fraser and Carroll. And then up top, I've got J-Rod, Kane and Lukaku who is wearing the armband on his hefty bicep. So um, let's take a break, Nick, and in a minute we'll talk about bandwagons. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So bandwagons, Tom, are you going to get the, the klaxon out? <laughs> the, the biggest klaxon, I think, so far has been Kieran Trippier. <laughs> I see your face. Oh, I'm not going to make that sound ever again. Uh, Trippier, Trippiering up at the back. I mean, one in five managers now doing it, and I can't see past having him in. I have actually joined that bag. Me too. Me too. I think think there's enough said about that almost. So, you know, 14.8% of managers used to have him when we first took our snapshot of what was going on in ownership. Now it's more than one in five managers, over 20%, a rise of 5%. Now owner, that is surprising. We've also got Aaron Ramsey. I think he's more of actually a, a figure within the, uh, you know, the Twitter community and the FFS community because <laughs> yeah. his ownership's actually only four point seven percent. But I think a lot of managers are looking at that seven point zero price tag and remembering that season where he got ten goals, nine assists, and hundred and forty six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fond yeah. memories, hoping for more of the same. I'm not necessarily. Thinking I, I, that's I mean, the, the the man who is celebrated in Bookwin is also the man who you know people are saying in the new formation at Arsenal is the guy who's going to be pushing forward, getting goals, getting assists. The thing is, is that I think people remember that time that you just said where he was the first ever bandwagon, and I think maybe you and I ever got on. I think he, you know, has such. Great memories for people. I think that is what's front of mind when they're choosing him. Last couple of seasons didn't do hasn't, that. Hasn't done much at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, no. he, he was played more of a more of a withdrawn role. Maybe he'll do better this um, season. Yeah, I mean, we did the article again on the seven point zero midfielders, and uh, he was the smallest circle in the infograph. Yeah, which I mean, I mean that, that was volumes. that was point per, points per game rather than points per ninety, but still, yeah. I mean, there's only so much we can do. There's only exactly. So, um, so there's also another bandwagon that we've uh, talked about already is Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin KDB only a couple of weeks ago it was his ownership was sixteen point nine percent, and that was the last time we did our pod. Yeah, and um, he's actually skyrocketed up to twenty two percent. And so people are bringing KDB in. Yeah, I he's proving a popular asset. I get the feeling people are looking at him because you've got Kane, you've got Kaku, and people are saying, you know what, with Kane, I'm not going to get Ali, not going to get uh, Ericsson. Stick with Kane. Kaku. I mean, we've seen Matic come in the other day. Matic is a red, blah, blah, blah. People are going to maybe looking at Pogba. But the thing is, is that with KDB, people are thinking, you know what? Jesus or Jesus and uh, Aguero are too much, too expensive. Imbalance my team. This is my thinking as well. Like, we might as well have De Bruyne at 10.0. Ludicrous value, perhaps, in my view, given what you said earlier. Um, but, you know, the relative skyrocket is ridiculous, I think, around him. But what about uh, your man Alonso? Yeah, well, Alonso scored a goal the other day. What? He's got everyone excited. He's oh, another one in the, la- in the last couple of weeks who's uh, gone up in percentage ownership. So he was at 12.3% a few weeks ago when mm. we, we we took a data dump. He's now at 14.7%, so he's oh, also gone up. In that's crazy. For, it's like a 7.0 defender. That is like a lot. 
I think of owner, Ooh, like, a I lot think, of people who've got who have specifically got him in. Well, a lot of people are clearly thinking they're going to go big at the back, Tom. Even though a lot of people are listening to you and becoming entranced by you. Well, maybe uh, not. <laughs> 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 a couple of new entrants. Uh, well, one new entrant is Chikorito. Uh, signed for West Ham, liked him a lot actually. Compared to Defoe, more goals per game, more goals per minute as well. 16% already yeah, at 7.0. I mean, like with Joe Hart, I was also surprised about Chikorito's price. I think maybe FPL Towers were realising they overdid it a bit with the prices this oh, season. Maybe, maybe. So they were feeling generous when they priced it. No, but 16%, so people are, by looks of it, moving away from having that kind of system of three big strikers or maybe having a and using Chikorito as their enabler in the same way we're using uh, J-Rod as our enabler the new one to keep an eye on is Ikinacho who looks like he's going to be going to Leicester and so you'll have that coverage in the first game absolutely ridiculous uh, points per game and points per 90 in the Premier League and, and goals per game as well this guy knows where the goal is hasn't really been played that much but he looks lethal um, you know 1.4% at the moment and we can only see that rise well definitely and no one's really talked about Leicester this season partly because of their you know poor fixtures but can you imagine Iheanacho Vardy and Mahrez combining next season it actually, <laughs> sound, it actually sounds quite exciting I know it sounds very weird but I mean this is a really good segue actually onto the pod features which yes. is probably the key thing about today I mean, we've prattled on for a little bit about our teams um, but the first thing I think we're going to be talking about is the anti-meta team and this is basically at the moment we've seen that a template has formed people have all got the same sorts of players I mean the RMTs are now converging yeah. I'm seeing teams coming in I think our in. teams are converging a little bit so we've we've created this uh, new team we've called them the Darksiders yeah I mean the, the idea is you know people walk in the light People walking the lightning, they look at the car key, they look at Kane, they look at the ownership of those two and think, you know what, I've got to do it. But what about the guys like Joshua King? What about the guys like Jamie Vardy? What about the guys like Manolo, Gabby Adini? The guys who walk in the darkness, shunned exactly. from our love. <laughs> what about Harry Maguire? One of, of our dark, one of our dark siders, a defender, no least, has already scored. We're going to be simulating this team all yeah, throughout the season, yeah, we're gonna monitoring be... them, see how they perform against our, our team. And I think in the article you wrote some rules about how we're going to operate the team as well. Yeah, um, we're going to be running it. We're going to be doing a few things. The first thing is the whole team has to have ten, under 10% ownership so think about Aguero Aguero is currently the captain of this team at 9% ish ownership we're going to transfer them out um, only if they've breached that attempt and ownership or are injured suspended or we can't field an 11 but the watchword will be two FTs and having a team of basically the mirror image of the 11 that everyone's got so think you know at the moment you've got Kane and Lukaku and maybe J-Rod in the Darksiders team, we've got Kun, Vardy and Gabby Adini. There's no room quite yet for Josh King, but he's a man that we're looking at for that Definitely. Team. And, you know, we're going to be running this team all year just to kind of see, you know what, will this team, will the opposite of what all the herd mentality is saying, do better? So at the moment, the team is this. Edison and Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan from Brighton. The yes, man who's some given, of you probably haven't even heard of him. Is that the man <laughs> who's given a Brighton family new neighbours? No, 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 yeah, no, no, I got it this time after the last time you said which. Right. So Edison and Ryan. Uh, at the back, we've got Leighton Baines, or Baton Lanes, as I put, as I call him normally. Uh, Mustafi, Hagazi, Mawson and Maguire, who Nick has uh, just pointed out has scored. In midfield, we've got uh, Davy Clarsen, my man Fabregas, 
uh, Wine Alden, uh, Oatsil, my man Ryan Fraser. So I've got might have two in this team already. Oh wow! <laughs> Up front we've got Kun Jamie Vardy of Party Fame and uh, Manolo Gabbiadini. So you know we've got one of those kind of teams that kind of would be the opposite of the kind of team you'd be expecting to see in an RMT. So when we wild card. We'll make sure it's the mirror image of the wild card team, etc. Et exactly, avoiding the herd mentality. That exactly. We, we want to test how much the, how much the template plus affects how well we actually do in our teams, and there'll be a really interesting thing to keep an eye on, and really interesting thing to uh, track throughout the season. So, Nick, um, you know, you, you put an article today up on, on the stock market, and I, I want to hear a bit more about this. Yes. Yeah, so, the stock market is also one of our features for the season. We're going to be spending a lot of time focusing on the market trends analyzing who is rising and who is falling and we're going to try and dole out some advice of our own as to whether you should be following the market or whether you should should be bucking the trend and perhaps sticking with that asset that may be slightly falling and we noticed it a lot last season the problem is you've got to be very wary about the market especially at the beginning of the season because that is the period where most people are still playing the game and later on in the season you get Quite yeah, a lot you, of people you, you, tail you, off, so the market core, quietens down. Yeah, Especially at the beginning of the season, you have to be very careful watching the uh, price rises. And, and we use um, a couple of websites and an app as well um, because it's, it's very useful as to see who um, who's rising and who's falling each night. And you can monitor your transfers that way. But one thing we would recommend is... Whilst, whilst we often go for the early transfer to try and catch those price rises, because a player can triple rise within one game week, you, you've, got, you've got to be very careful because if you um, bring that player in before they play their um, Champions League match or more um, appropriately the uh, Europa League matches, you can be caught out and they can get injured and you end up being screwed over and they Aww. take a hit. And, well, that and we, familiar. We, yeah, we, we've got a rule that we've invented for this and it's, it's called the Austin rule. Oh, really? And, and we talked about this on our first pod, so we won't repeat ourselves too much. But um, yeah, we, we drafted in Charlie Austin and he got injured in the Europa League and it was it was disaster all round and we, we were quite devastated by this incident. So um, whilst we recommend, you've got to be watching the market and checking those price rises because if Harry Kane for instance scores a brace if you don't act early and that's it you don't have the money in the, in the bank to, to get this guy in anymore so watch the market is our recommendation exactly exactly but we'll, we'll, we'll be saying about where you've got to fight the herd mentality and just say you know what mm-hmm. there's no point in selling this guy because his underlying stats are good no point in selling this guy because at the end of the day you've got a lot of managers who perhaps aren't that engaged who have seen he hasn't scored but it looks like he's about to go on a run of good fixtures and it looks like he's got the stats to show that he might be worth keeping. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing that for an infographic this year. Yeah, that's one of our main features. And we've also got another feature and it's called Neon Watch. Yes, it's Neon Watch. It's Neon Watch, Nick. And, uh, you know, this is the part where last pod you said this. He's gone the way of Alan Neon. He's now 5.0. <laughs> gone the way of Alan Neon. That's the word. I mean, just looking at the... Uh... <laughs> And the fact is that that was completely true, made me laugh. But afterwards, you know, that 5.0 for Alan Yom, the danger man on the, the same level as Gareth McCauley, on the same level as perpetual goal botherer uh, Craig Michael Dawson, is a guy that we need to keep an eye on. I mean, this guy, Alan Yom, just 
symbolises how this year the prices have been a bit stupid. So yeah, so you've done Neon Watch for the first week this week. Um, you've been watching him avidly in his pre-season. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. how has he performed? Yeah. And are you going to do it in the style of David Attenborough or are you going to go for a, yes. another style? So, so, so I've immersed myself in the world that I'm Neon Nick. My life has literally become all things Neon. <laughs> and... Uh, in pre-season, we saw Alan Yom start against Slavia Prague in the uh, the two-one loss. Across in the second minute was his only contribution to the game. He then started in the one-one draw of Leicester. He was not mentioned in dispatches. He then started in the two-nil loss against Palace. He got a yellow card in the thirty-third minute. He then started again in the one-nil win against Burton. Nothing happened. He didn't start in the two-one loss against my land's team, Bristol Rovers. Nothing happened. Equally, he started in the 1-1 draw with Port Vale. He came off in the 62nd minute and got a clean sheet. Six points. Exactly. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Neon Watch. Well, I haven't heard anything about Neon. I did see, I did see a, lo- a lovely picture of him and NASA Chadley looking friendly. Exactly. So that made exactly. me smile. What, uh, Alan Neon, what a man. We want him to use Neon Watch. Hashtag Neon Watch. Tell us all about him. Yeah, if you see him down Primark, let us know. <laughs> Right, let's take a break, Nick, and then we'll go on to community questions and wrap up. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So time for community questions, and the first question comes from Twitter, and it's from Barry Shill, and he's asked us, can you debate the merits of having either A, a strong spine, B, a heavy-hitting attack, or C, a strong break line? We are in a state of flux about this particular one. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the, the three big hitters thing, I've looked at it, um, Kuhn has come in for J-Rod in my team as the, as the third striker and then KDB has gone out for a 4.5 and I've had two 4.5s or I've had Milo Javic or I've had yeah, you, You've been posting uh, quite a few different formations on um, online. I don't know. We, we, we're not talking about heavy hitting attack. We've got two main strikers but I think three is is a bit excessive. I think going yeah, for Kuhn. Yeah, for the having Kuhn and uh, Kane and Lukaku, I've seen a few of them, Lacazette thrown in as well. Yeah, I think, I think for the balance of the team, um, I think, you know, what we've said in the past about Kuhn, there's, there's no room at the end for him at the moment. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't be surprised to see Kuhn giving Brighton a lovely welcome to the Premier League. And, you know, I'm just hoping that De Bruyne is going to be enough to cover <laughs> what, what Aguero could do and what Jesus could do. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And, and going back to the question, I'm obviously in favour of a strong back line. I think if you um, if you don't spend too much on your defence, you can get caught out. I've seen a few teams where people are trying to save some pennies by bringing in cheaper defenders, but not necessarily attacking defenders. You, you've got like likes of Eric Bailly at six point zero. I think we've discussed him, and I think that's a mistake. I think anyone who brings in Bailly should, should play yeah, it cool. For but, all yeah. of his virtues, there's just no way that I can look at Bailly. I think he's just no attacking threat. So let's move on to another another set. So uh, Tom Campbell another TC which I'm very happy about and FPL Chelsea both basically ask the same question which is that midfield distribution uh, Tom asks um, he, he says he's on a 10 a 9 a 7 a 7 and a 4.5 uh, FPL Chelsea asks you know I'm on three seven point zeros. what's the best midfield formation or the best midfield composition right now um, for me again it's about balance so I've got uh, Salah La, 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 la. I've got KDP, I've got Fabregas, and then I've got uh, Fraser and the 4.5. So, I mean, uh, Tom Carroll. So, then I've got kind of, you know, the the, 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 
the scale. I think if you're going to play four in midfield, I would say that's actually quite a good scale to have. You know, you have one player perhaps in the 10 bracket, 9.5. Yeah, the then maybe, then there, maybe yeah. you know, you throw in your Liverpool slash Spurs midfielder and there's a lot of choice there at around 9.5, 9.0 price. And then obviously you have a 7.0 because there's just so many players at 7.0. Yeah, you, 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 you there, must, there must be one that you like. And then after that, I wouldn't necessarily say another 7.0. I think that's perhaps, too, personally for me, that's, that's too heavy in midfield. I would look at the 6.0 category or, or maybe, Tom even, Tom or maybe or... even like the 5.5. Well, the, the 6.0s I quite liked were yeah. Matt Ritchie and Knockart, and they're um, unfortunately out at the moment. So that's kind of reduced. Well, the, the, yeah. Matt Ritchie might play. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like one of those things. But 6.0 is, is punty territory. Mm-hmm. And the 5.5 and 5.0 punty territory. It is a bit punty, but I think it just affords you a little bit more in the rest of your team. And like the 5.5s, definitely, who you know, might do something every now and again. Yeah, and I mentioned in my other article about the fact that there's lots of alumni. Mares from two seasons ago, you've had Zaha and Josh King Josh from last King, season. So lad. Who, who will be the, the next 5.5 star? Who will be the know. next king? All right, so uh, another question is uh, Liam McGregor on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, why do so many people seem to think Spurs will go backwards this season, Nick? Well, <laughs> I think, you know, there's, there's a few things here. Obviously, they've got to bring some new players in. Ross Barkley's been linked, but I'm not necessarily thinking that he's the answer. Another yeah. reason why people are concerned about Spurs is um, playing at Wembley. I think that's ridiculous. Like, Spurs are going to win. That's, they're going to be winning lots of games. I mean, they won. They're going to win more than half their games. So let's get. I mean, at home, no matter what the home is, whatever their performance is, is going to reach regress back to the norm. Yeah. Like if they've done badly at Wembley in the past, yeah, okay, I completely understand that. But it's not the case that players are going to be like, oh, this is unfamiliar. I'm not going to be able to play. Well, yeah, I mean. The third reason why there's a few sort of Spurs doubters out there, I guess, is this whole Harry Kane won't score in August. Um, trope that's been going around a lot recently but you know like most FPL teams generally have at least one Spurs player in there if you don't have Harry Kane you've got to have Ali or Ericsson I don't necessarily think there's like a whole sort of anti-Spurs feeling going around I think you know a lot most people are saying they're probably going to get in a top four are they going to challenge for the title against the likes of the Manchester clubs and Chelsea well you know they're going to make an attempt at least but very competitive league so alright so the next one comes from um, Siddharth Upiani what's better Nick a premium defender or a budget striker slash midfielder <laughs> I think you might be talking about in terms of formations so if you're going to play four at the back perhaps and have a premium defender in there and then perhaps have a 4.5 striker yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah, to yeah, a 6.5 um, striker. So and, you know, I've already kind of discussed this at length. I think, you know, I've obviously an advocate of a premium defender, you know. Well, you think the uh, you think you think kind of having the kind of third striker as being worth more is in retrograde. Well, yeah, perhaps. And maybe even like the whole um, fourth midfielder. I think I'm, I'm obviously going to play four. Four defenders, but you know it's, we'll have to see like how how the season progresses well, I mean, and whether I decide to change my formation. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm very flexible in that regard. I, mean, I see signs now all the time that people are going for this four at the back idea that you propagated, and it just seems like the kind of the abiding way that people are setting up. The yeah, teams no, that's fair enough. I was waiting for the, the seven eighteen <laughs> the other morning, and I was really thinking about this, and I was like, you know, 
Should I go for this four at the back? I know. Finally, uh, the question from uh, Bold Eagle on Twitter. Three must-haves to start the season with, in your opinion, guys. Um, Well, a silent alarm rings in my head when I hear (laughs) this question. Um, Lukaku, definitely one of them. Snap. Harry Kane. Snap. And my third choice is Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is probably the man of the... Kevin De Bruyne, Jesus, and couldn't triumvirate. Tom, a week in the city and we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I think we're both saying at this point, it's going to be Kane, it's going to be Kaku, Kevin De Bruyne. The three Ks are the guys who we're going to go with. I think we wanted to talk briefly as well about Sanchez because we haven't covered him as of yet. Um, yeah, a few questions pro- were about him. Yeah, I think FBL Virgin, he's a big fan of Sanchez, and he was asking a question about him as well. Yeah, so. I mean, the, the thing is with Sanchez is that, like, you can say to me that Sanchez, after the game we won, he scores against Leicester, but I'm going to be getting him in. But you could equally say that about Harry Kane, you could equally say that about Lukaku, you could equally say that about De Bruyne, you could equally say that about Kuhn. Plenty of assets like and, that. And, so. and I think this also brings us back to the balance of the team. If you go heavy in attack, and you've got three cheaper midfielders, and then suddenly you need Sanchez in your team. So how are you going to bring him in? You're going to have to make some sacrifices. Yeah, I, mean, I think every team that I've had, which has looked at, had Sanchez in, I posted one last night. It does include a Milojevic or a Punchin uh, character. Punchin. <laughs> Punchin. 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 Punchin sounds like, a, sounds like the guy who wrote all those terrible books. Anyway, <laughs> character in there. Um, and it... it I don't like it. It's imbalanced. And it just makes me feel, you know, I don't don't know. Thank you very much for your questions. Every week we will try to ask for some questions from you guys. Um, Much appreciated if you do get involved and ask us. And apologies as well for the questions we couldn't answer. Obviously, we're limited for time. Next week, um, we're going to finalise our own teams, of course. We're going to finalise the Antimessa team. And we're going to be picking up on more bandwagons. I think there may be more signings. And I think that that might be linked to the big big signing of Neymar by PSG today. Yeah, so we, we're thinking there's going to be a potential domino effect from Neymar's sale. Yeah. A lot of money floating around various clubs. Barca have got that 200 million in the bank mm-hmm. and then they may give that to another team, say Liverpool for 80 million. Then and they've got, got 80 million. And then you've got Virgil van Dijk that live for a very key They will buy Virgil van Dijk and then they, Southampton's got loads of money. Where's that go? And then equally, PSG for the financial fair play need to say Matuidi, they need to sell uh, Di Maria. And Held de Maria. They, they need to also maybe sell uh, Serge Ollier, who's linked to Man United. I mean, all of these things could all happen in this week. I mean, the game, the transfer window is open until game week three. We're going to see lots of players thinking, oh God, this is a World Cup year. I need to play. I'm one of these big teams, and someone has come in to threaten my position. But we're going to yeah. see a lot of changes, I think, next week. Exactly. And it, a big caveat again is that these teams again it's are gonna, in the it's gonna, cha- it's gonna change our teams completely and uh, compliments to PSG for such an adept purchase, but it's gonna affect our plans. Exactly. I mean I mean I mean it's been a it's been a fun one month off for us, um, for <laughs> football in general. 
Ne- and Neymar's getting in his helicopter and he's going to have a banquet. Uh, something glorious is about to happen for them. Um, so also, of course, next week, Neon Watch will continue and it will continue until he stops playing and we have to swap somebody else. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. We are who got the assist we are at who got the assist.com we are at wgta underscore fpl on twitter our lead code is 1538-17403 and uh yeah, every week we're gonna have a theme nick um this week there was a theme uh, last week it was the lyrics from interpol well done to padball who we mentioned earlier for spotting it yeah let us know on twitter if you spot the theme and uh, apologies we laid it on a bit thick at the end but we realized that we forgot to do it halfway through <laughs> so we've just been getting all the references in so thank you very much for listening thank you very much everybody and we hope this assists you speak to you next week goodbye thanks oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.